Sunday, June 4th. Welcome to the Dome Foamers podcast. We are back. I'm Christian Kruger, as always, joined with, by Neil Miesky and Brian Dorton. Just lifelong Astros fans who love to talk about the Astros. We got a lot to recap and talk about for the week. So, boys, let's go. All right. It is Sunday night. Got to talk about the week. Baseball. Lots of baseball. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to steal a little thunder real quick on the check the temp. Just I'm going to give my real quick synopsis before I go to Neil because I love checking the temp. Man, week started off not so well, was great in the middle, and ended blah. Mm. Mm -hmm. So, Mieski, we are uh, four and three for the week. We are 35 and 24. For the year, we have won 18 out of 24. So I'm going, we're always going to go first and check your temperature. So give me your thoughts. A, a little uh, mixed, you know, obviously four and three, and that pretty well sums up the week, right? I mean, just... And the Twins, you lose a series at home. If if we're a World Series team, you just don't say that fires you up about anything. But it is always nice to take three or four from anybody. But of course, if it's the Angels, you you're you're taking that every time. Um, still question marks. You know, there's still there's still our pitching is a concern, despite the fact that we have one of the best, if not the best, pitching in in Major League Baseball. But, of course, our, our bats are mysterious at times. I mean, Sunday, today, uh, one run, and, you know, out of nowhere. So how do I feel? I feel like we're in second place in, in our division, which isn't comfortable. Are we on the uptrend? Yes, but not very steep. I mean, we're sitting here still three and a half games back behind the Rangers, and – you know, say what you want. Th- those guys are winning games. And so if we plan on, you know, being in the hunt when this is all said and done, that, that trend line needs to start closing down. And I know it's it's June 4th, but when you sit here and say 35 and 24, you know, if we're in the ALE, 35 and 24 puts you in the fourth place. Uh, you know, we're when, when you list the best teams in the American League, where is that putting us? Fourth, fifth overall. So, first, good, good, not great. And as Astro fans, we're, we're to the point where we want to be great. So, we're, we're not where we want to be. Uh, we've got work to do. All right. Um, things I want to touch on there, but I'm going to go to Brian first. Brian, how are you doing tonight? The fact that this is episode six. Doing great, doing great. It, uh, also, lots of college ball going on right now. I was going to touch on that. If you, yep. if you see me, if you see my my ags are playing. So if if I lose my if you lose my attention for a couple <laughs> seconds, it's because uh, something either great or terrible has happened. And so, uh, that, that's, well, that you have to win to play the horns because the horns advanced earlier. I know. So I know. Well, that is going to be is, an interesting series for. 
if the Ags win, they play the horns for a berth to the College World Series. Let's just get we'll, – we'll cross that bridge when we get there. So, okay. back it up. Astros, here, here uh, quick thoughts. Uh, three games against the Twins. I went to one game. We won one game. I feel like I did my part in this in that series. I feel like I did my part, and uh, it was a, it was fun. I'm 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 glad I finally got the first game monkey off my back. But uh, I'm looking forward to going to a few more this even this month. But it um, was a, was a great atmosphere, great great crowd on Tuesday night. Um, Watching them win three against the Angels were was fantastic. Today was such a bummer. It was such right. a bummer. But um, but all in all, I think we we shot for the stars in our predictions last week, and uh, I I didn't even come close. But <laughs> you know what? You know, I think. Uh, I think we're still trending upwards, but we're still that erratic baseball team that we've talked about for the past couple of weeks now. So we need to find some consistency at some point. Yeah, I agree. You know, I, I wish, honestly, I wish you were right with your six and one prediction. I was going to go four and three, which was what we ended up doing, but you were so freaking positive. I went five and two. And honestly, today's game, we should have won. So, um, we were four and three. None of us, I think Neil predicted five and two as well. Um, so we, we all missed all, uh, by a little bit. But, you know, I, I'm trying to keep this perspective. We started this podcast the first day of May, and I think we were around 500, might have even been below 500. So just for, for perspective, 30 days late, 30 days and some change, we are 11 games over 500 now. So sure. it, was a good, it was a good month of May. Was yeah. it great? No, but it was a good month of May. Okay. Um, talk about the week first, and then we'll talk a little bit about the season before we get into much other things. I mean, the Twins, we, and we talked about this in Episode 5, the Twins, just timing-wise, wasn't a good matchup. They had their guys lined up. We didn't. Um, yeah. We pitched really well uh, mo- for, for the most part. Um, we just didn't. We, we, did, we didn't hit. Um the the angels, you know, I don't, I can't, actually, I can't figure out the angels. They're not going to win anything with Otani and Trout. They're just not. Boy, I'm an, I, I'm an, I, I, I'm an, I'm an Otani and Trout fan so as a baseball fan. The only time I don't root for them is when they're playing the Astros. Um, yeah. They're both going to be in the Hall of Fame one day, but that that they're just not, they're not going to win anything, and and we'll, there'll be more on that later. But they're just not a good baseball team. I mean, some right. of their they're not some very of good. The, they're not. And um, today, to, to to get a four game sweep would have been just icing on the cake. But it does separate us. And the Rangers did take care of business with the Mariners. And and I mean, I know it's June fourth, but it's clear that there's two teams in the division. Honestly, it it might be whoever wins the division in the playoffs. The other team might not be with the way the ARS is going. And Correct. so. That's a whole other dynamic that we'll get into at a later date, but that's the way it's trending. I mean, it's trending. Win the division, get the two seed, which is a bye, and maybe the, the, the second team in the division might not be in the playoffs. 
<laughs> well, and you know, you say the two seed, yeah. but like Texas right now, they've got 38 wins. Tampa Bay's got 42. I mean, so it's not like Texas is miles behind the one seed, you know? And so likewise for us, I mean, we're seven games behind the one seed, which on June 4th is uh, yeah. an eternity. So, yeah. but I, I know what you're saying. I mean, it, it's, it is a little bit dicey. If you don't win your division, I think is what you're you're basically right. hinting at. Yeah, and 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 I just said the two seed because the one and two seeds get the buy, and that, I sure. think that's a yeah, huge yeah, yeah. difference in the new in the new format. But you you are correct. I mean, there's a lot a lot of baseball to be played, and there's some teams in the East that I think are going to drop back a little bit. But let's talk about the Astros. So some things I, I don't want to be a dead horse, um, but we're going to go ahead and do it anyway. Like, well, one, let's talk about it first before Altuve. Tell me we're getting him back tomorrow, please. So I think we're still at the point to where I I don't know how many games. Well, yes, I'm sure the the Astros slogan behind ready to rain is day to day. But we've lost two games this year where he started and finished. Right. I mean, I think that's where we're at. And so clearly he makes an impact and that's an understatement, of course, but the, every game he doesn't play, we're putting ourselves at risk. I almost think his, I almost think his impact is psychological. Like whatever you get from him, you might be right. Yeah. Whatever you get from him offensively, which he's one of the best offensive players there is, is great. Cause you know, you're going to get something on a normal basis. He's going to have his over fours, right? But right. but he 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 is one of the best hitters pound for pound in the league. I almost feel like it's a psychological lift when he's in the lineup. And this is taking nothing away from Dorton's brother, Mark yeah. uh, Dubon, yeah. Yeah. who yeah. is is playing great defense, has had some hits. It's just it's almost like Altuve is just he's just the heartbeat and the pulse, and we've talked about it. But it's frustrating not to see him in the lineup. Um, you see, do you see him defied gravity the other day, though? By the way, Dubon. Oh, that was that was insane. Did he put so his that, anti-gravity boots on at some point. That was yeah crazy. I'm not even talking about him being Altuve's, you know, backup while he was out with the thumb. Yeah, there, there is some. His value is going through the roof. Um, it, it really is, and so it's a credit to him. Um, and it's a credit to them making the trade last year to get him because he struggled as when he came over. Um, but he's been very valuable this year. And honestly, I mean, we'll get into this because I want to touch base on this. Obreu finally set today, and we played Diaz. Oh, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, Diaz hit him yeah. and a double today. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the run. The run. Our, our, yeah, the, our only production. The, the run. Mm-hmm. Um, which, by the way, you have the advertising size signs at uh, Minute Maid. He hit a he hit the Astros sign on top of those advertising <laughs> signs. That ball was crushed. He killed it. Um, and I did you I did call. I know I I sent a text message that he was going yeah. to win the game. I really didn't think yeah. he was going to, but he but did you, not. weren't you weren't you didn't you give a stat a couple of weeks ago around him uh, having like the, the highest exit velocity off of a bat in in all of baseball is that no or was that on, on the team that was after your dawn 
Yeah. At the time, it, and I mean, remember, this is his, his um, a minimum amount of a back. But at right, the yeah. time, after Jordan, he had the highest exit velocity off the barrel at that time. Mm. He hits the ball hard. Um, and, and, again, he, he had a whole two home runs on two starts um, this, he ten, this week. He had 10 at-bats this week. Yes, so his 10 at-bats, if you just take his home runs out of his 10 at-bats, that's a batting average of 200. I think that's the same batting average Maldi's had all year. That's all I'm going to say on that. Um, it's not just him. I'm glad if Ray got a, night, a, a day off. I don't know who's going to play for Bregman when he gets a day off. But yeah. Bragy, Bragy's back. He's his balance. Oh, he's, he's hitting it hard. He's swinging the bat, which, you know, I think I brought this up and we talked about it a couple of podcasts ago. We're seeing some pitching regression. We're seeing a little bit of pitching regression, right? Starters yeah. and bullpen. And, and so Bregy's moving in the right direction because the bats are going to have to step up. Hopefully, Bregy keeps trending whatever it is, which way he's trending in a positive way. Um, Tucker trending a little bit down, but he did have three hits two nights ago. So mm-hmm. we got to get the big man going again. The big man's starting to get frustrated because it's chasing. Um, and he goes in these things. We got to get him patient again and, and not chase. But, man, we just need Altuve back to lengthen the lineup and play Dubon in spots to give people rest. I'm assuming Dubon will play third to give, right. Bregman, to give Bregman a rest. I mean, I don't know if he's ever done it, but he's going to have to. Well, I don't think there's Bre- anybody else, is there? No. I think so. Bregy's, Bregy's uh, Frenchy mustache is giving him whatever it takes, man. Like, that, that grand slam that he had – Yesterday was yeah, awesome, bomb. And I, I I credit that to the mustache. <laughs> so Brian Brian brought it up, so let's talk about it. Let's let's talk about Frenchie. Um, All right, great great job today. Okay, I don't want to take yep. anything away from him. He's battling. I I saw a cool stat. This is why I love watching the pregame show before the game when I can. They put up Lu, Luis Garcia's numbers. And France's numbers for this year, side by mm. side, and they're mm. almost identical. Mm. So before I get on or say a couple of things negative about Frenchie, I want to say the fact that he is just and, and today's numbers make him a little better. But he's done everything Luis Garcia has done, and it was highlighted on the pregame. And I was like, okay, th- that that's really all you can ask for. My concern with old Frenchie is he is not missing any bats. I think he had right. three strikeouts today. There was how many balls hit to the warning track in the fence? No, uh, a few. No. A few. And my, my concern with him is he just doesn't miss a lot of bats where sometimes those things are going to be off the wall in the gap over the fence. But I'm not going to – He's battling, and like I said, his numbers are exactly like Luis Garcia's right now. So, so hat tip to him. He should have won today. Um, but I'm just concerned, which leads us into another topic here in a little bit. But what are y'all's thoughts on the pitching? Well, again, we're talking about Frenchie. We're talking about Belak, and those guys, you're right. They've, they've done an Blanco. admirable job. And then, yeah, Blanco, for, for sure. 
And uh, speaking of Blanco, of course, that was the game that I was at. So Dome Foamers are two and zero this year. Uh, we got to keep. We got to keep that record. I like that. Out of baby. Atta sure. Baby. And so, I mean, again, we're, if our bats are doing what they're supposed to do, we're we're probably less concerned with those guys, uh, or, or we're we're able to swallow what they come to play with. These are not guys that we're going to win a World Series with. We're just not. I mean, because we're they're going to be. I mean, be honest. They're they're five hundred pitchers, and, and that's if the bats are good or, or not good. Uh, maybe maybe a little bit more. Maybe I'm not giving them enough credit. But when we're not in first, but we're throwing out in, in a week, we're going to throw out Blanco, Belak, and uh, Frenchie. I mean, what do you expect? I mean, I, I expect us to have to score eight runs. I mean, we're, we're coming into this week where we go to Toronto and Cleveland. I know we'll talk about this later, but uh, Belak's pitching twice. Blanco and Frenchie each have a start. So there's four of the seven games that we're playing to where we're throwing guys that we didn't, didn't anticipate being starters for us. Yeah, so that, I, that really I, doesn't fire me up. I'm get, I'm I'm a little tired of that too. Like, like I I'm with you, and I and I want to I want to tip the hat to them, but I want Framber and Javier going twice a week. Like, can we get back in this rotation, please? Right. And Brown, but I know I know it's how the schedule works. Um, yeah. Maybe more concerning to me, and I'm going to kick this to Dorton. Uh, there is some pitching regression going on in the bullpen, and you know, I know I know we're not going to be lights out all the time. Uh, but you know what? It's what helps us win two rings. So we also know that as well. So Dorton, yep. what do, what are you what do you think? What are your thoughts on seeing a little bit of the bullpen come back to earth? Listen, I I think what what is our our uh, our our kind of philosophy is no more than three three days in a row, right? And so we'll we'll see. You know, we'll see a Bray. You have three innings, three great innings, and then it's time for him to come in and shut him down in the in the seventh or eighth. And you know, we see Mon- Montero warming up. And I just I don't understand it. I don't understand, um, you know, why why we're we're kind of. I, I guess it, it. I don't understand why we're pitching Montero as much as we are. The 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 it's, man it is getting shelled every single time he gets out there. Now it's are, load. It's load. It's load management. That's why we're here seeing going, it's load management. Yeah, I guess so. But every time he comes in, I feel like I'm I'm about to I'm about to have to like put on a helmet or something because <laughs> or a neck brace or a neck brace. It's like something is about to go down. Like hold on to your butts here. We yeah. don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I've seen the same thing. I've, but you know, Stanek, what Stanek came out yesterday and, or two days ago and was getting shelled as well. So, I mean, I think we're, we're seeing, you know, we're seeing you're you're absolutely right. We're seeing him come back down to to earth, but we know what the we know what the upside is there, and I think that 
they'll find an average that is before very good. Before I change directions into something, a, a new segment that I want to do this week, so it kind of leads into that. Do we need another bullpen arm? I mean, to, to, are, are you offering? Well, okay. <laughs> so here's – this is great to lead in what, what I, the topic I wanted to bring up. So I believe there's three slots slash areas the Astros could upgrade, and I think at minimum they need to upgrade at two of the three. Starting pitching? Yep. One quality bat that can play first and a a relief power on. Yeah. I don't think we have the ability to, let me me rephrase that. We do not have the farm or the ability based on our history to do all three. We're not going to do it. So that's just not going to happen. I would be shocked if we do two. But I believe we have the capability and ability to do one. So before we get into my trade scenarios that I brought to you guys, where would you rank the three? And I'm just going to, I'm going to do just this order. This is not my ranking. I'll do, I'll go at the last starting pitching, relief pitching, quality, uh, another bat offense. So Dorton, I'm going to go to you first. Starting pitching. I, 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 number one. Yeah. Number one. I think we, we, okay. uh, cause I mean, I, I am. I don't think LMJ will throw another ball in an Astros uniform this year in a game. I, I just don't. I don't see it. I don't see it happening. You know, um, hard to disagree with that. Urquidy yep. and Urquidy at at halfway mark, and um, what, what about Garcia? Who knows? Oh, he's right. he's mid. He's mid next year. Yeah. So. Like let's let's get some quality arms. Okay, a uh, quality arm, absolutely. What would be your second if you were the GM? GM? Um, probably. I, it would be a toss up, but I mean, you can never go wrong having a stacked bullpen, right? Um, we know we know that we have bats. In our in our lineup, when all of when we're all healthy, we know we can hit. Right now, I mean, we are we're stacked. There. All right, Mieski, where would you go first? Uh, I would if we could get starting pitcher, and then another starting pitcher. I, I would be excited. Oh wait, I, mean, I didn't know that uh, was an option. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd like I mean, to do that one. Yes. I just because what what's the difference between your Quidi, Belak, and and France and France and Blanco? Nothing. I mean, there's there's just in my mind, I, it really isn't. It's not like, I mean, your Quidi has a little bit more trust in in my mind than those other two guys, but not by much. Yeah. So it. Now, I, I guess this is a topic for another time. But what we can, what I mean, are we talking about? A number one, number two, number three? That's something 
I guess again for we're, another time. Yeah, but, we're yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, gonna, I'm gonna yeah. get into so, that. I'm gonna get so yes. that in a minute. So there, there's no doubt starting pitching above and beyond is not even close. Uh, the second thing, of course, to, in my mind is is a is a hitter, and, and I don't know. I mean, it's the Mancini-ish type guy that played out for us last year because obviously Abreu's had his struggles. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to get better. I think he's going to improve. I hope he does. But if he doesn't, is Yonair the, the guy? Well, then if Yonair is the first baseman, well, that tells us Maldi's having to catch. Uh, and so I just – I think our bullpen – look, bullpens are going to go in some waves. We've got dudes out there. We've got dudes, and they're not going to be 100% every time. We know that. Uh, that's the – the least of those three concerns to me. And it's not even close. Uh, I think starting pitching hands down. Then with a lot of room in between, uh, you know, another bat and then way further down the line in my mind is relief pitching. All right. I, I tend, I, I tend to agree with you. No, I'm not tend to agree with you. What's crazy to me is we are number one in team ERA and we are starting pitching is our number one need. And I agree with both y'all. I think it is too, just because of who we have out there. Um, I think a bat would be nice. I, there's just to try to figure out who's going to be available for a bat is basically a complete crap shoot. Um, yeah. I'm assuming at this point, Michael Brantley is just a coach. That's what he looks like in the dugout, just coaching. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, starting pitching. All right. Speaking of that, so I did some trade piece scenarios. All right. And I did not go by who I want. Uh, I mean, I mean, who's all out there? I tried to filter um, by teams that are quote unquote not going to win their division, probably not be in the playoff. Um, I, I went by te- uh, uh, players that pitchers that I think we could afford. Again, I'm just speculating. We're all going to speculate, but I do think these are. I, th- I think the Astros will call every one of these organizations. And I'm going to give you three names, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch bases on you and give you the the dream, interesting trade of all time. But so here's three players that I think the Astros will be extremely interested in. Obviously, there's variables in each, the contracts that they're currently on, and what I think it'll take to get all three of them. So I'm going to start at the bottom at my third. I'm going to start at my third choice first. And my third choice would be the White Sox starting pitcher, Lucas Giolato. I'm not in love with him. He's an innings eater, good middle of the rotation starter. I think a change of scenery would do him a wonder that that complete just awful experience it is with the Chicago White Sox. He's 28. The issue with him is he's a rental. He is not under contract next year. Now the Astros obviously could get to know him for two months, win a pennant, make a run in the playoffs, win the World Series, and maybe he'd want to sign. But you cannot speculate that. So he right. would be a rent he would be a rental. 
My second choice, and we'll 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 talk about what it thinks it'll take to get all of them. My second choice is also 28 years old, former Cy Young Award winner, Shane Bieber of the Cleveland Indians. Cleveland is six games, I believe, under 500. They're in a weak division, but they traded Francisco Lindor. They've traded. Um, they are not afraid to make trades when they're hovering around the 500 mark. They are. They like to cut costs. Um, Bieber is a this year plus an arb year arbitration year. So that mm-hmm. basically means you would get him for a year and a half, which I like. He's has a 3.7 ERA right now. He's a quality pitcher. He's probably another middle of the rotation guy who has the ability to shut people down when he wants to. But I love the fact that you would have him for this year and next to cover up the Luis Garcia, who has Tommy John. Of course, when you have an RB year plus, a, you know, you know, a year and a RB RB year, excuse me, it's going to cost you a little more. Right. And then my third and my favorite is Marcus Stroman of the Chicago Cubs. He's 32 years old. He's got a 2.7 ERA. He's pitching lights out. The issue with him is he's four years older, and he has a player opt-out. So technically, (coughs) the Astros could trade for him, and he could opt in, and the Astros would have to pay him $21 million next year. Mm. Or, Or he could have a banner year, be top five in the Cy Young, and say, I'll opt out. And I'm going to be a friend, I'm going to be a free agent, but he'll be going into his 33 year old year. So that makes him a little interesting as well. Did we face him a couple of weeks ago? No, he did not pitch for the Cubs. He didn't pitch that. We missed that him. Game yeah, series. he's a gamer. He's uh, concerned with he, he he goes full on. He's a gamer. I'm a fa- I'm a fan of his. There are some extracurricular activities, meaning he can rub people the wrong way. He's one of those guys that you love when he's on your team and probably hate when he's not. But I mean, right. he's got a he's got a two seventy ERA. He's a sinker ball pitcher, pitcher, ground ball pitcher. Um, so what it would take to get all three, bare minimum, I think it's going to be one of Myers or Chaz because they're going to want a major league ready outfielder, center fielder because everyone needs them. A pitching prospect, which we have like one, which we're that's a tease for later, mm. and two, then a then a high level prospect. Um, that's probably for Giolato, honestly, because he's a rental. You're probably got to throw another player in for Roman and Bieber. So my question to you guys, knowing all those variables, because it's important. People people will go on social media, people go on Twitter, go on Facebook, saying we need to trade for this guy. No, that's not how it works. You have to understand what the contract is, what you're getting back, the control, and what a team is going to ask for. And so, go ahead, Gordon. Did you say Bieber was the one with the one-year arb? Yes, he has one year. So he he would be here. Let's say he's traded at August 1st. You would have him for two months plus a year. I wonder if we're going to see him this weekend. That'd be interesting. I would assume I would assume we're gonna I would assume we are. But yeah, I haven't looked that far. Thoughts? Neil? Yeah, so obviously in my mind the the star of that one is Stroman. 
Uh, I agree with you. He's the guy that does rub you the wrong way, but it's because of his competitive nature. Uh, And we'll get in the middle and, and say and talk and, I'm okay with it if you're winning. I mean, again, you said it best. If he's one of those guys, if he's on your team doing it, you back him. If he's on the other team, you want to punch him in the face. Yeah. Uh, the scary part is obviously the money at the end of that contract. Uh, I think I think he's going to opt out. I mean, he does. Is. He has the right to say if he's traded to the Astros by August first, he has the right at the end of the year to say. I want my player uh, option, and the Astros owe me twenty-one million dollars next year. That's it's, right. a, it's a complete player option for twenty-one million. I, if he pitch continues to pitch the way he's going to, um, then he's going to get a two or three-year deal going on the free on, on the free market opting out. Just my opinion, but well, likely. So here, here, the big picture in all of this again is the the window of opportunity for the Houston Astros. To, to not be relevant, but to be relevant to win it all. And with, with the Bregman, Altuve, Tucker contracts looming around the corner, we, we just don't have many years necessarily left to, with the guys that we have, you know, of course we can go out and make trades or, or free agents and whatnot, but on paper right now, the, the window is this year or next year. And if Marcus Stroman is, is the guy, if that's the best one out there, well, go get him. Okay. And at, and at okay. what cost? That's fair. Go get him. Okay. All right, Neil. I'm the Cubs GM. I don't, uh, used to be Theo Epstein. Theo Epstein's now in Major League Baseball office. I don't know who it is now, and I don't really care. But I'm going to be him, and I'm going to say – you're Dana Brown, and you just called me saying, oh, I, we, I want to talk about Marcus Stroman. This is what I'm going to tell you. Yeah. I'm going to say, I want Chaz McCormick. Mm. I want mm. your top pitching prospect, which we'll which get into. Is. As pro- okay. we, we'll, yeah, we'll get in in about 15 minutes. I want... Um, Jacob Melton, and I want um, Michael Luberfido, Luberfido, which is, a, you know, I'm just using it as an example, but infield, outfield, utility prospects who can hit. So that's your top pitching prospect, Chaz McCormick or Jake Myers, but I just, for simplification, sure. I said Chaz McCormick. Um, and Jacob Melton, your second round pick of last year. You what? What are you doing? I, I, I tell you the the only one that I cringe a little bit at is Melton. Now, if we're if this is mid July and we're Again, where's the standings? I mean, all those things. What's McCullers' story? If you tell me McCullers is out. You don't you have those answers right now. You don't have yeah, those. Yeah, I know. But that's what I'm saying. In mid-July when this is likely to happen. Uh, the longer you the go, sure. the longer yeah, yeah, you yeah. go, the price goes up because there's other teams wanting Stroman. 
Here come right. Here comes Brian Cashman for the Yankees. Here comes sure. all the Dodgers. Yeah. Here comes all these guys that farm systems are better than we are. And, and I'm saying yes, and, and I'm saying yeah. I, I pull the trigger, and it still may not be enough. Now the, the I, Cubs I, also I, have to sit sit there and say, <laughs> you know, we can't say no to everybody. I think Bieber they want to get rid of. Them. I think Bieber and Stroman are four player deals, probably. Um, Giolato may be a three player deal, but I mean, again, I'm just guessing. Dorton, what are your thoughts? I, I mean, first of all, I don't want to see Chaz go. <laughs> Buddy, I, I, you're preaching to the choir. I mean, so I don't, I, I don't just, know, th- I, I, I just think the Astros, I think the Astros, for some reason, View Myers higher than Chaz. I don't understand it. I, I we've talked about that. I'm with you. Yeah. I would have Chaz on my team uh, now until Kingdom Come. But I'm just, I hey, another team could be like, no, we don't want Chaz. We want Myers. Okay, sure. but I'm just saying the Astros to me for I'll have never, Myers ahead, never, ahead of Chaz. I'll never pick a favorite between Myers and Chaz, but Chaz is my favorite. For sure. Okay. Well, he's, my, he's mine too. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I get it. Like, if, if we want if we want elite arms, we're going to have to give up, you know, elite players. I get it. Or, or we're just going to have to just straight up buy them. And uh, I, don't, I don't know if that's going to happen. So, like, what we need to go as far as we can are elite arms – in our rotation. So, well, here, here's the way I look at it. This is probably how I, this is how I would do it. So you're starting to playoffs tomorrow. I'm going to go by each three of the, all three of those guys, Framber, Javier, Bieber, Brown, Framber, Javier, Stroman, Brown, Framber, Javier, Brown, Giolato. That's how I would do the rotation right now going into the playoffs. That would be is, awesome. Yeah, I mean, I just I – mean, I mean, and I guess the point being with all with saying that is I would, you know, if, if things go in the, the, the matter, the, the way they're trending for the end of the year, that's how I do the playoff rotation. And if you've got Shane Bieber or Marcus Stroman as your three – and Hunter Brown, your swing guys are four. Man, I like the way that let me, sounds. Let me ask you this. With a healthy Lance McCullers, are you picking any of those other three over Lance McCullers? You mean the three trade pieces? Correct. I'm taking all three of those three over Lance McCullers because I don't Even, believe there's anything as a healthy Lance McCullers. There's no such thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I just, again, have we ever seen it a, a truly yeah, again, I, again, again, I think I, I'm sure we can go back to 2017 when this, when this, you know, group text started happening on a regular basis. I guarantee you, I know I've said that I think Lance McCullough should be in the bullpen. I still to this day think he should be. And I think I was right because he hasn't been able to sustain being a starter and you could limit his innings and his pitches out of the bullpen. So uh, Neil, to your point, I yes, because okay, all 
All three do not have the injury history of Lance McCullers. One has won a Cy Young. One's a freaking gamer. And the other one, Giolato, has had some good years. He's had some down years, but he's an innings eater. You know what Lance McCullers hasn't done? He hasn't won a Cy Young, and he's sure as hell not an innings eater. Well, I, and that's where I'm, I'm saying, can you ride a healthy Lance McCullers for a year and a half, too, which is what I'm the window that I'm looking at. Keep the pieces that we're talking about. Keep the Chaz. Keep the, the Meltons and those guys. Roll the dice with the McCullers to get you through two years. Can't, I mean, I, I know that there's there's that's rolling the dice. And are you willing to roll the dice on these next two years with a guy that has a huge history of injuries? Uh, I get it. It's just if he can come back and be the same as any of those three guys, well, then why not? So yeah, that's just you, that's so how you, I see. So, you, you, so what are you saying that you want you want I'm to take that game? If, if, if Lance McCullers shows he's healthy, then yes, I would take that gamble to keep McCormick more than anybody. And I know I Man, said Melton earlier, but Melton's long term. If it's a it's a big word because sure, well, me, there's no guarantee not, Bieber or, not, or any of those guys come over and are, are worth it. No, but they've got a history a lot better than his than than his health history. I just know. So is, it's if you're the if you're if you're the GM, you're staying put. If Lance McCullers, I mean, obviously they know more than we do. They know whether Lance is coming back or what the chances are in the history and the really the ins and outs of what's going on with his his arm and whatnot. But if they're sitting there going, this guy can. He's going to be fine. This was a freak deal. Whatever. You know, if they feel good, like, hey, no, Lance is going to come back and he's going to finish out this year strong, then then yes. I mean, that guy pitched in the playoffs for us last year. I, I, I'm not – I'm not to the point yet to just totally give up on him. Now, if you said – Hey, Lance, you're going to come back and you're going to be healthy and you're going to go to the bullpen and we're still going to get this starter. Okay. I mean, that doesn't just suck. You know, an old old baseball adage that I believe in that I think rings true more than any other is you never have enough pitching. Right. That's fair. No, and – by all means, I mean, that, like I said, I, if we could get two of those guys, I'd do it. So uh, it's, the, it's the pieces for a year and a half. And for the year and a half, it, sucked, it would suck to lose a, a McCormick or a Myers for, I mean, a possibility in a, one of these starters. Now, you could probably – Spell me better on Strowman. You know, I mean, I, I can go with Strowman. I, I'd probably say Strowman is better than a healthy McCullers anyway. But with Beaver and uh, Giolato, mm. maybe. Beaver, I mean, it, Beaver, Beaver's one of Cy Young. Yeah, but he's not. He's not just flying off the map at me, going, "This is a dude." I mean. 
So kind of like a Lance McCullers. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, but I think McCullers. I mean, McCullers has two rings. McCullers, he's been in. He's been with us. He know. I mean, he gets this. He's a part of this. I, I just. I'd lean towards McCullers over Bieber and, and Giolato. But Stroman, I, I'm I'm okay with that. I mean, like I I can I can live with that one. But again, well, are we gonna give why, up are why, we gonna give up why? the same stuff with Bieber and, and Giolato that we're giving up for Stroman? No. No. So Well, you gotta be careful. That's... Bieber 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 next two years. So uh, he's he's not gonna be cheap because he has that extra year of control. Yeah, but but I mean, the, the, the difference saying. between the difference between Giolato, Stroman, and Bieber is they're all actually pitching in Major League Baseball right now, <laughs> and 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 McCullers is not. And like I said, like I said, uh, this is where is Lance McCullers? I, I need to know those answers. I guess he's on the IL. And when we're gonna pull this, which trigger. he's on the IL, you're saying he's, season. You're, do you, let me ask you all this then. It is July 4th, one month from today. Is McCullers pitching for the Astros no. in the No. Okay. I well, then you pulled. Don't, yeah, I don't, think, I don't think we'll see him pitching for the Astros this year. And I, I hope I'm wrong, but I, I don't think we will. I hope Gordon's wrong too. I'm not that grim, but I, I, and I, and, but I, can, I totally don't disagree with Dorton's sentiment at all. But he's not going to be here. July 4th. No, it's going to be after the all-star break. If we get a shot by then. Well, and, and again, that's going to, there's, there's just so many factors in pulling this trigger off. The big why you gamble. It's gambling. Yeah. But it's then gambling. Gambling. We're, we're, man, I'm, I'm totally against gambling by the way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> that is a and false. It, it's just not, I mean, I know we're hypothetical and this is fun to talk about and discuss, but it, it's just so many things of where are we as a, in the division? Where's the NL? I mean, the AL East, how, what's the status of your Queedy? I mean, how does he come back? Uh, there's, there's a million factors. There are, there are, that. there always are. And that's why it's, that's why we're having this discussion, but you know, sure. the difference between Shane Beaver, Marcus Stroman, Lucas Giolato and Jose Yukiti. Those three guys are actually pitching I, I, right I now. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Dorton. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dorton. What's they, the difference? They're, they're pitching right now. They're pitching right yeah, now. They're, exactly. Well, your your Quidi's not. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. I said the difference. That's I said the, the difference between those three oh. and your Kitty. <laughs> oh, I got you. Yeah. Well, obviously, if those guys aren't able to to pitch well then it's a no-brainer we got to pull the trigger on on one of those three and again Strowman's the guy uh, at the top of the list uh, depending on what those the Sox and the Guardians want would be but again in my mind those two guys there's not much different okay that's fair that's why we do it I love it um so now I'm really gonna now I'm re- yeah exactly now I'm really gonna blow your minds um, because bring it. I decided, yeah, I decided to do an, an experiment. Right. Now I want to preface this cause I don't want people to be listening to this podcast, liking, sharing and following and our, 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 our lovely dome foamers out there and think we've gone off the rails. So okay. I'm going to preface this with, this is never going to happen because one, the Astros would never do this Two, the other team in this 
trade has so many variables that we'll get into that it's, it's, there's so much more to this. This is an animal. So, okay. okay. Just play along with me and we'll understand as we go. But yeah. I, 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 I dove into this, started doing this on Friday afternoon and it made me think about this Friday night. And I, I could, I was like, you know what? This is a great topic. So, all right. Shohei Otani. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> this, this is, is a free, <laughs> he's a free Lord. agent. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought you said Shohei Otani. What did you yeah, say? Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought he said that too. I, I mean, again, did I not preface this saying this would never happen? But <laughs> no. hey, All right. you never know. I like it. Go ahead. I like it. All right. Yeah, I mean, come on. I'm going to go ahead and stop he, you. I'm going to stop you. Yeah, we should do this. Yeah, yeah me too. What, we what, do, do, what do they need? Oh, <laughs> oh, that's why. I, you just wait. You wait. All right. This is going to hurt. Yeah, you just wait before you say that. All right. All right, show. free agent at the end of the year. I, I, I do believe that Shohei Otani is not going to re-sign the Angels because he actually wants to win because he's not going to win the Angels. Um, and, and I believe the front runners are the Mets, the Yankees, and the Dodgers. Okay. I do believe there'll be a wild card. Uh, yeah, I know. I do believe there'll be a wild card, a wild card in there. I don't know who that is. So he, the factors of the Angels is why they probably won't trade him before the deadline is because he just brings so much damn revenue um, yeah. <laughs> into yeah. the stadium, the merchandising, uh, TV rights, ticket sales, uh, international. I mean, he is he is he's his own incredible. entity. Yeah. He's incredible. But he's incredible, not just – I mean, he's a, he's a unicorn, as we've talked about on this podcast from a baseball standpoint. But he's also just – he's a unicorn when it comes to driving revenue. So – but the Angels do have to decide. So are we going to be in the hunt for 10, 10 years, $50 million, $500 million? Or are we going to just let him walk and not get anything for him? So I present the Shohei – Otani trade that is proposed by the Astros okay. to the Angels. All right, let's go. Let's hear All it. All right, yeah. This ought to be good. Jose, Jose, you're Kitty. Fine. Done. That's easy. I'm, I, this yeah, was an I'm easy decision. <laughs> yeah, I'm oh, not that's done. not it? Oh, that's okay. not it? Oh, damn. All right. Okay. Kyle Tucker. Okay. Because... I don't think the Astros are going to re-sign Kyle Tucker. Now, if you're an informed Astros fan and you listen to this podcast, they technically have two and a half years of control of Kyle Tucker because he has two more years of arbitration. But they did not agree to arbitration terms. Tucker is not going to re-sign the Astros. I hate to break it to you. I'd be it's shocked a, if he does. He's, we are going to, it, he is George Springer the second. Yes, I agree. Kyle Tucker, Jose Urquidy. I threw Jacob Melton and Pedro Leon. So a second-round draft pick and a raw talent and your top pitching prospect, Spencer Aaron Getty, who we'll talk about in a minute, all for the rental of two months of Shohei Otani. If you're the Astros, do you part ways with those five players to get two months of Shohei Otani? Yeah. Nope, I mean, no brainer. Unless we're unless we completely fall off a cliff this next the rest of June, and we go O for June. I I don't think it's a no brainer. But go ahead. I, I mean I I think that if we are in we are in the same place 
when this this happens, if we're in the same position and the Rangers keep winning and we keep winning, then absolutely. We we okay. do it. Okay. So let me break it down for you. Because y'all both said no brainer and do it right away. And I will be I, I I will be honest, when I first put this thing together, I thought the same thing. However, now thinking about it, you've made your pitching staff much better. We, yes. That's obvious. That's obvious. We made our hitting lineup much better. We have. I mean, sure. I mean, we we are we haven't gone. Or I should say we haven't gone down. Okay, fair. But you're basically doing the same problems. Do I think Otani? Otani has more power than Tucker. Yes, I agree. Tucker's probably you know better base runner. He's he he gambles a little more because he's not a he's not pitching. You know, but. Otani, no doubt, has more power. I, I, I agree. But you're basically, the lineup is very similar to what you currently have. And now you have risked making your lineup weaker the next two years. Well, I mean. Now you're down. Cool. Hold on. Now you're down your key next year, which your key's a four or five. And now you don't have Shohei Otani. Potentially. So, <laughs> yeah. The Astros the longest contract. That, yeah. <laughs> I, man, if they signed him, that would be that would be incredible. But they're not giving ten years, fifty five hundred million dollars. I mean, the longest contract they're given is six years to Jordan. I think they gave out two days six, but I don't. Let me, I don't, let me ask you this: something. If you make that trade, and we win the World Series, yes, for and, the. Okay. And then, then, yeah, absolutely. Then it then but, but, say, and, but we've, and all, we've also we lost make... we've all, we've also oh, lost yeah. two World Series. Yeah, but the, who's to say that we're not going to pick up some some other trade down the road, right? Who who's to say that there's not an off-season trade that's going to happen that's going to just better our system. Like Jose Abreu? <laughs> well. Okay. Yeah. We've got Dana Brown yeah. now. True. No. I I just but Neil I, I, anyone anyone would say yes. I mean, do you know what the Rangers would do to win a World Series? They would they they would go zero and sixty two zero and one sixty two for the next ten years to win a World Series. So I agree that's absolutely. I, I mean, I would, but there's no guarantees. Just because he comes over, you're going to win no. the World Series. It definitely helps. No. I just you get pitching and you still have we'll, we'll call it the same. Let's call Kyle Tucker's offense and Otani's offense a push. Which I don't even know if that's fair. It's not. I, I would give Otani. Yeah, Otani's right. the better hitter. So let's but let's call it a push. But you get Otani as a pitcher for two months. Quick question. That's all I care about right now. Will they will they also throw in trout? <laughs> <laughs> no. He's under a four hundred and forty million dollar contract that the okay. Astros don't want anything to do with. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, well we'll still do it. We'll still take a man. Okay, so both of y'all Love both it. of y'all would do both of y'all would do that. Can't wait for him to get here. Yes. <laughs> would, and are you saying you would not? 
I'm saying originally uh, I would, and now I'm like, <laughs> I mean, you're, you you ask the correct question, but there's not a there's not a def- definite answer. If you win the World Series, I mean, of course it's worth it. But if you don't, it's not, in my opinion. Right, and and that's going to be no different than Stroman and Beaver and all those guys, right? I mean, you're making this trade. No, 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 no. It doesn't cost you as much. No, no. But we're also saying Tucker is not going to be around. I mean, I know, two and a half years, okay. But I, I just, man, to win one and not – make the playoffs from the next two, so be it. Okay. So be it. Well, that's a great discussion. I hope I hope it leads to people listening to this the podcasts, some discussions, because I just had to throw that out there. And I'm not even sure the, the Angels would do that. Um I don't I don't know if the Astros would, but I, I that's the closest I could get to a two month rental of Shohei Otani. Um would would, would the, the title of this podcast Otani to the Astros be a little bit too clickbaity. <laughs> that'd be a little. That'd be a, a little too clickbaity. Yeah, <laughs> but that sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you all for entertaining my trade scenarios. It actually, when you look That's at good. contracts and and when you look at contracts and everything, it's actually a lot more time consuming than I thought it was going to be. But I also get out, as Neil would call them, rabbit holes with other players. Um. So, Jordan, I am yes, going sir. to you with the it's – that, it's that time of the week for the Dome Foam Player of the Week, and I get to oh, go to boy. you first. Oh, boy. Uh, we talked about this uh, earlier, and uh, this week has been tough to, to nail down a player, but what I have uh, kind of narrowed it down to is uh, – I'll take it back to going to the game on Tuesday. Uh, I sent a snarky-ish email uh, to my girlfriend who I went to the game with it saying, can't wait to go watch Brandon Belock uh, pitch a historically average game <laughs> this afternoon. And then I looked up, and we're in the fifth inning, and... We haven't had any hits. There, they have. Excuse me. The Twins have not had any hits. Or no, we. This was through four, but they hadn't had any hits through four. They, I mean, he he struck out probably four or five five hitters so far in the in the game. The walks were down to a minimum. I like. I remember looking over and saying, "Oh my God!" Like. If he ends up going the distance here and ha- with one or two hits, like my text is going to look and sound ridiculous. And <laughs> I think if nothing else, that is the definition of a uh, kind of a role player playing their role and coming out and doing a terrific job doing it. And so, Brandon Belock, you and I are going to enjoy a dome foam this week. You earned it. You've earned my respect after that game and uh great job. That's a good one. Make sure he yep. has it before um, tomorrow night tomorrow. against the Blue Jays. <laughs> um, I I'm I very concerned. I well, I, I, 
I'm not putting that jinx on you. You can jinx about anything, but I, I am not putting that jinx on you. He is facing the Blue Jays tomorrow night, so yep. let's all light a candle for Brandon Belak. Um, he, killed it. he killed it on Tuesday. He did. I'll, I'll give him that. He, he did. All right, Neil, who's your dome phone player of the week? I, I don't remember if I picked this guy last week, but the the number the new number four hole hitter is on fire. Obviously, hey, I was pregnant. That was mine. That was mine. Dang it. Uh, the dude is, I mean, I, it seems like, I want to say three weeks ago, we're sitting here talking about him batting 215. And mm-hmm. he's up to 250-something, 256. The, you know, the the greatest manager in the world that we've got, Dusty, obviously, identified that and put him in a spot where he can excel. I mean, he's Dusty's tremendous at doing those types of things, as we all know. And uh, sarcasm, of course. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, Bregman's found his bat, found – I mean, he's he's come alive, hit the, the grand slam, uh, hit another one. So, he's he's on fire. He, he's, he's the guy right now. And so, I'm giving Breggy the dome foamer. Take it. Well, Neil took Neil took mine, but that's what I get for going third. So I am going to go. I'm going to go with Framber. He only had one start, but he outdueled he outdueled Otani for the second time this year. He's two and zero versus him, and um, and when everyone wants to talk about it, seven. He went through seven, I think. Yes, yes, he did. And Everyone wants Tony to say how great this year. That's right, and and they're both against the Astros and Fromber. And everyone wants to yeah. talk about how good Otani is, and he is. But man, Fromber is not getting enough love, and his pitching metrics are, yeah, off the charts. He's down to a two point one six ERA. I mean, if he gets that thing below two, and stays there for the All Star break, he should be the, he should be the All Star uh, starter for the American League. But that we still got a couple starts to go before that. But, I mean, to me, Frommer's a focus issue. He, it's always been that way. When he faces a team, <laughs> when he faces a team that he shouldn't give up runs to, he does. But when he faces against some of the big boys, he goes after it. He loves and it. He he wanted to beat Otani's ass the other mm-hmm. night for a second time, and he did. And um, he's a stabling force, you know. When we have a little bit of regret going on, so I'm going to give mine to Frommer for uh, he gets my dome phone for the week. Well done. Um, real quick, I'm going to go to looking ahead for the week. We have four. We'll just do predictions real fast. We have four at the Blue Jays and three at Cleveland. Um, pretty salty teams. Obviously, the Blue Jays are definitely salty. The Cleveland can give you fits, even though they're hovering a couple games below 500. This time, I'm going to go to Neil first, all on the road. What uh, we need to lock down your prediction for the week um, for the Strohs. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go starters this week. It goes Belak, Brown, Blanco, Fromber. That's at Toronto. I'm hoping we go two and two, and then so okay. we go to Cleveland. We go to Cleveland, and you've got Jav, Frenchy, and and Belak again. So Belak gets two starts. Blanco gets one during the week, and Frenchie gets one during the week. So if we, if I take a split in Toronto, 
of course, I'm going to say Jav is going to go out there and do Jav things and win the first game Friday night. And I'm hoping for a split between Frenchie and Belak. So I'm going four and three. Okay. Dang it. Dang it. That's exactly, that's exactly what I was, I was, I was, I'm hoping we, we split Toronto and uh, we take the series this weekend against Cleveland. All right. I, I, I'll, I'll just be honest. I was thinking four and three as well. But because what? you two went four, you two went four or three. I'm not going. No, to. are we all on the same page? No, 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 no. I won't do it. We could, we like, could I won't be on the same. I won't allow it. Okay, I won't allow it. So we're going to go two and two against the 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 Jays, and then the bats are going to come alive, and we're going to sweep the Indians, and we're going to go five and two for the week. With Javier Frenchie and B, like I like your optimism. I love it. Well, we're yeah. going we're going to score. Javier's going to win three to two. Um, Frenchie, we're going to score eight. You said the bats were going to come alive. Oh, okay. They are. Would you let me finish. <laughs> then we're, then we're, we're going to score. We're going to score eight, the second game, and we're going to score seven, the third game, and and so we're going to win eight to three and seven to four, and we're going to sweep the Indians, and we're going to be five and two, and this is all going to be marked when it happens. It's going to be marked on this this podcast. Well, I because right. I am not going to go chalk with you two guys. I'm not going to do it. I, I, uh, I, I hate it when you are right, but I hope you're right. <laughs> I do. I hate right. it when you are. So we're going to do the prospect of the week. And for the first time in this being the sixth episode of the Dome Foamers, we're doing a pitcher. That's hey. not a good sign. Um, so <laughs> it tells you that we, we are talking about basically now that Fran, Frenchie's up there, uh, Blanco's a swing guy. This is the net, this is the only pitching prospect, true pitching pro. We have other guys that are developing, but I think this is the number one pitching prospect we have. His name is Spencer Aragatti. He was drafted in 2021 in the sixth round out of Louisiana Lafayette. He'd, he has struggled. He's got a live arm. However, in May, he has come on fire. And he has five games pitched in May with a .67 ERA, 27 innings pitched, 12 hits, 37 Ks, with a 136 batting average against at, mm-hmm. in, Corpus, in Corpus Christi at AA. Okay, I was going to say, those, where is he at right now? Those numbers are ridiculous. So... That is someone to watch. He has a very live arm. He has gone through some mechanical stuff once once he left college. Um, maybe that was some of it last year, but he is on fire right now. I am, I will be watching all of his starts just to get an idea. Not watching, but following um, to see what he does. And in my opinion, in my opinion, he's our number one pitching prospect right now. I do think the draft, you know, will go pitching heavy because the Lord knows we need it. But I hope he's not leaving. Um, in a trade unless we get a quality arm back. But that is someone to keep an eye on. So with that, I wanted to throw it to Neil for the throwback player of the week. So Mieski, what you got? All right, so we're going to go uh, a guy that we, we kind of grew up watching in, in Morgan Innsburg. Okay, and there's some good stuff with Morgan Innsburg. It's, I say good stuff, just – 
again, I like to pick these guys that have some interesting stories behind the story, so to speak. Uh, but yeah, Morgan Innsberg, born August 26, 1975, California, went to USC, uh, All-American team MVP for their 98 uh, national championship team. Originally drafted uh, out of high school by the Mariners, didn't go, obviously, and then uh, drafted in the ninth round in 1998 uh, by the Astros. So, Innsberg major league debut was September 20th, 2000, where uh, he got called up late in the season, played four games. So, the following year, 01, he spends the entire year in uh, AAA again because that was the year that the Astros get my cousin Vinny Castilla to play third base. <laughs> so we don't, we don't get to see Innsberg's progression, uh, you know, for, for, from seeing him in 2000, make his debut. We don't see him in 2001. So he comes back uh, in 2002 and is actually the backup to your Jeff Blum. And so plays limited time there. But uh, in 2003, the following year, Astros take a big shift in where they're going and what they're doing. And this is when BGO moves to the outfield because we bring Jeff Kent in. So you've got BGO in center, Jeff Kent now at second. And so Innsberg gets his opportunity uh, at third base. So during that season, he plays 127 games. That's 291, hits 25 home runs, OPS of .907, which that year turned out to be better than Jeff Bagwell and Jeff Kent, which is, I found that to be interesting. Uh, so makes his scene in 2003 as a, as a, a real player for the Astros and, and really for the majors for that purposes, 2004 season for the Astros was a, a wild one because that's the year where we start off very average fire, Jimmy Williams and hire your Phil Gardner to, uh, to finish off the year. We make a remarkable run there at the end, uh, beat the Braves in the first round and then lose to the Cardinals. Now, we did all that despite Innsberg because he comes back down to life, so to speak, hits 275 and only hits 10 homers and drops over 200, or right at 200 points in his OPS to .742. So, good year 2003, down there 2004, 2005, his best season. He bats 283, hits 36 home runs, has a .9... 36? 36 home runs with a .945... OPS and uh, a career high 101 RBIs, which of course is the year that we go to the World Series. Innsberg makes the All Star team and is awarded the Silver Slugger for third baseman that year. Which again, that's pretty amazing for for Morgan Innsberg. So the following two years or year and a half, really, he he kind of comes back down to earth, gets some injuries, end up trading him to the Padres, uh, and, and in typical fashion, this is another thing I found. Interesting is that his first game with the Padres, what does he do? He hits two home runs. So typical Astro yeah, do, doing what they do. Uh, doesn't get re-signed by the Padres. Actually goes to the Yankees the following year, plays a few games before they, get, they release him. Cleveland picks him up, never makes a team. The following year he, he signs with the Rays and, and doesn't, does not uh, make the opening day roster. So he, he basically retires. Uh, he is currently the Tampa Bay Rays double-A manager. And I love this team, this, the name of this team, the Montgomery Biscuits. 
Yes. So your nickname let me is tell you, the Biscuits. Let me, let me tell you something. <laughs> you got you to gotta be a, a baseball IQ dude to be in that organization. That organization is unreal. So that tells me a little bit about what they think of him from a managerial side and a baseball IQ side. Raymond Reed, the double-A manager. That's interesting. Yeah, and he's he's won several awards as far as manager of the year and things of that nature in the in the minor leagues and, and he's had some success. But here here was another thing that I I did is I compared his so he plays Morgan Innsberg plays eight years of major league baseball, seven of those with the Astros per se. Okay, I'm gonna give you his one hundred and sixty two game average. More this is Morgan Innsberg's uh, one hundred and sixty two game average over his career. He bats two sixty three 24 home runs, 77 RBIs, 0.830 OPS, and walks 74 times, which we would pretty take. solid. Yeah, yeah we would solid. take that right solid. now. That's great. So I'm going to compare that to Alex Bregman. Okay. Oh boy. So again, Morgan Innsberg was 0.263. Bregman, who's in his eighth year, 0.275. Right. So Bregman's better. Bregman, 28 home runs. Compared to to uh, Innsberg's twenty four, Bregman ninety nine RBIs compared to uh, Innsberg seventy seven. OPS for Bregman is point eight six five compared to the point eight three zero, and then eighty nine walks versus seventy four walks. So I, I say that not to bash Innsberg, but I say that to say, oh by the way, Bregman's still pretty good, or had a good career. Yeah, yeah and he's he's been pretty good in the postseason. I don't know. Sure, I mean, yeah, he's Bregman's pretty kind of been a guy. Yeah. Yep. So a couple of things, th- really three things about Innsberg. <laughs> Innsberg is the only major league baseball player in history to have won rings in college, the rookie league, single I A, saw this. double I've A, this. triple A, and have played in a World Series. Yeah. Wow. So thought that was pretty cool to, to have That's that kind awesome. of success through as a professional. The other crazy stat was – he and Barry Bonds are the only major league players to get at least a hundred walks in a season and have fewer hits than they had walks. And and so Innsburg accomplished that in 2006. So uh, hmm. obviously Barry Bonds did it differently. It, was, yeah. it, it wasn't like Innsburg, they were pitching around him. Yeah. Uh, but I wouldn't pitch around. I wouldn't pitch around Bonds. I'd hit him right in the freaking temple. <laughs> so, as far as Innsberg goes, and you guys probably remember this, the the thing that I wanted to talk about with him was his when he was in spring training in two thousand. So, him and five other players are in in their hotel room in um, in Florida. The other five guys, guys you might one name specifically, Keith Ginter. You remember Big Twelve Keith player, the, Big Twelve player of the year at Tech. Okay, Derek Nicholson, Mike Rose, Eric Cole, and, and Innsberg, plus a sixth person, uh, Ginter's girlfriend at the time. So they get robbed and held hostage for over an hour in this rundown Holiday Inn by two guys. I remember that. Who, so they they. Apparently, these guys, I mean, they just bounced from room to room, left doors open, whatever. And, and we're talking a, you know, a motel or a hotel, not a motel, whichever one where the doors are facing outside. Anyways, so they're bouncing around. These two 
you know, low lifes come popping in, zip time up, duct tape over their mouth, guns to heads, and it 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 for the rest of his life, even still today, it has jacked up uh, Morgan Innsberg. Like he he talks about how he wouldn't sign autographs. He would tell people to email them or just mail them, and he'll he'll he doesn't mind signing something, but he's not going into a crowd to sign autographs. He goes to the restaurants very cautious looking at door, you know, has wow. to sit down facing a door, things like that. He had a traumatic and, event. Oh, there's no doubt. Uh, wow. You know, and, and luckily nothing happened that day. I mean, the, the two guys, the two robbers per se here, uh, there's noise next door. And so they, they leave the room to go get the guy next door. And while that happens, they were able to shut the door. And so those guys weren't able to get in. Cops, they call the cops. Cops show up. One guy bounces. The other guy takes the 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 other player, Miles, and holds him hostage in his room until ultimately they, they bust in. And, you know, actually Miles <laughs> ends up fighting them and, and taking over the gun and all that kind of jazz. But uh, – but anyway, I remember that. The, I remember that that part of the story in, for sure. In, insane and sad, really, that how this affected his entire life. Yeah. In how he has to live day to day because of, of a truly traumatic event, in a in a situation that I mean, these guys are in their twenties, they're young, and and you know, living life, and you're in major league organization and playing. Spring training and, and guys got a gun to your head. Well, I mean, I get it, right? I mean, I, I, I just found, I mean, I, I digging into Morgan, that was one of the stories that, again, at the time, I remember it happening. But, again, just going into the this is where we're at today and him having to still live every single day since 2000 looking over his shoulder. Man, no one – I mean, I, I know this is episode six, and I know I've, we've said this, but no one has taken the throwback player and ran with it. There's no way that anyone would do better than you. Like, you have found <laughs> some random, random stuff about each player. I mean, Morgan Innsberg, who would have thought? Uh, he's obviously – his stats were better than I thought they were. I, I wasn't – look, I, I love my Astros. We all know that. We also are fans. So we can also – be critical of the Astros. He wasn't my favorite player back then. Sure. Um, but, man, those, those stats are pretty ridiculous. I mean, a lot better than I thought they were. So, oh, they're, the, that's great. I mean, I cannot wait who you do next week. It's just it's funny how you just dove into that thing and, and done a hell of a job with it. It's awesome. I love looking back and, and seeing how we undervalue people as kids or overvalue sure. and, so, and so forth as we got older. And it's just it's fascinating to me. Um, to the history of, of the Astros. Yeah, and I think, I mean, there's a good article by ESPN on this, too, that I think we need to have available if somebody wants to read the real full-blown article from uh, this. I think the article is like 2006, but uh, it, it goes into some great detail about just what happened, and, and they're talking to him about it, too. So uh, we'll, we'll try to link that up for anybody who's interested in that. Well, cool. Well, there's a couple of things I want to say as we, we wrap this up. I, I, I do want to say for those that are listening um, and that, that have been listening, we really appreciate We appreciate it. We appreciate everyone that has. We appreciate the new listeners that we get. We're just a little engine that could. And, um, you know, it's been six 
fun episodes. We've got some exciting news on the horizon that, uh, honestly, we've been blessed and fortunate to come across just because we like to talk Astros. And I do want to have a couple – I want to do a factoid and then then one more shout-out, and then we'll go. Today, as I I stole this from the telecast, so I'm going to credit the telecasts for bringing this up. Today is the anniversary of the longest game ever at night in Major League history of 22 innings, June 4th, 1989, Astros versus the Dodgers. I knew that. I obviously did not know it was today. What I didn't know, two things. Oral Oral Hershiser came out in the – came to pitch in the 14th inning for the Dodgers and threw seven scoreless innings on two days rest. (laughs) That's incredible. That's incredible. I don't either. That's insane. I, that's good old baseball, man. Um, God, can you imagine that happened today? People would like lose jobs. That's amazing. That's incredible. Fernando Valenzuela was the first first. base because they moved Eddie Murray to third base. And they had no one else. And Bill Doran trucked the catcher to score Socha. the winning the the winning run. Oh yeah, it was Socha wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. So um So I'm that, gonna tell you that, this. Go ahead. I'm gonna blow y'all's mind on this deal. My brothers and I go with my aunt and uncle. They gave us a choice. We can go to Astroworld on Saturday and the Astro game on Sunday. <laughs> or we can flip it. We can go to the Astro game on Saturday or, you know, vice versa. Well, we chose Astroworld Saturday. And so we go to the Dodger game on Sunday. And I remember as a kid listening to Milo Hamilton in the hotel room in Houston for this 22-inning game. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get – I missed the first one. Because I'm, I want to ride the Rattler or whatever, the Cyclone. <laughs> but we do get to go the next day, June fifth, tomorrow's game, to where uh, that one was. They went, how they many went innings? Thirteen innings. Was, yeah, I was gonna say that was. I know that was an extra inning one as well. So the next game, yeah, it's unbelievable, yeah, crazy. I just crazy. thought that was cool. They brought that up, and since it was today, I wanted to touch base on that. And then I've got a buddy. We've got uh, friends here in New Braunfels that are traveling through Europe. Their daughter just graduated and my wife coached her and they took um, their, their family um, through Europe for a vacation and celebration. And I know he's listening. He said, t- he said he will listen and he'll add a country to our list, which is awesome. <laughs> so he said that he would, and I wanted to shout out to him because he's listened to every episode. He's a great guy, great family. And I wanted to, and he knows who he is when I, when I, when I uh, bring him up. So, I hope you're all having a great time in Europe. Spend that quality time, and I, I appreciate you listening. And can't wait to see. I, I'm assuming it'll be Italy or Greece. I think that's where he said he would be. But a shout out to him. And again, thank must be yeah, must I know. Be tough man. That's tough. Did they did they win that trip on like Piggly Wiggly? And uh, they, <laughs> no, they did. They they not did the Griswolds. Not. No, no it's point. not the Griswolds. Um, <laughs> but I appreciate everyone. Uh, thank you to you guys again. Uh, for for joining us. Thank you for you two getting to do this. There's a lot of great college baseball going on as well. And um, uh, there's not as much going on tonight anymore. Oh, no. But it's okay. Oh. Well, well, they've got another game tomorrow, so we'll yeah. see. One more. But um, as we always end every episode, go Strohs. Go Strohs. 
Go Strohs!